Hello and welcome to Two Bros Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Joe. And we're back for episode 34. So today we're going to do, we're talking about news and um, turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. And uh, if you don't recognize that album cover behind Joe, the band today for Turn It Up is Corn. So uh, it's my week. I picked Corn. And Joby asked me questions and you know the routine if you've watched this before. So, um, all right, let's get into music news. Music news. All right, so what do you got? First story. It goes, continues with that, the Pantera reunion or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Now, uh, Dimes Bag, Dime Bag's um, guitar tech. He signed on for the shows or the tour or whatever they're doing, um, and he's uh, he's going to be handling the guitar equipment of Dimebag that that Zach's going to use because Rita has given permission and she let letting them use some of Dime's equipment like his some of his guitars and shit. Yeah, so he's he's going to be running it, and he said in the in the interview he kind of well, he was against it at first because he didn't. You know, he didn't like that the brothers, you know, weren't, weren't a part of it. Yeah. And they were calling it Pantera straight up at first. And, uh, but then when, when Rita, I guess, offered the, the guitar equipment, he figured, well, since he knows the equipment and he could take care of it, you know, he should be part of it. <clears throat> so he kind of changed his mind. Yeah. That's, uh, did you write down his name? I think it's Grady. Grady uh, something is his. That I wrote. I got. I didn't write it. Down. Uh, I forget his last name, but his no, first name's Grady. I I know that from years of watching Pantera videos and all that stuff. Yeah, the, the show notes will have the link, and then you can. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, so that's all official. Um, we saw a clip. I found a clip last week, and I should sent it to you. We should put that up too with the notes. Uh, Zach Wild playing the solo for Walk. Uh, in a walkthrough, and of course, it he has the bullseye on the guitar, but the thing looked like a dime bag. Uh, I think that's the the ML is the model that he uses with that looks like almost like an X. So it looks like uh, that he's going to be playing, yeah, the dime bag guitars. But I think they're going to be releasing a, a wild audio uh, dime bag model. So yeah. we'll see. No, I think you're right. They probably have some dealers. Yeah, him and Rita probably worked it out, and then you know that way keeps the dime bag uh, guitars living on because they broke up with their deal uh, with Dean, so they're no longer with Dean. And I, you know, the question's been who's going to release those guitars? Where are they going to well, be? Dean, I think got, they didn't they get a court order to stop manufacturing any guitar. No, it's the it's the um, Gibson. Gibson lawsuit, but that was uh, what was the body style. It was, I think, that body style. Was it the Explorer or is it the V? It was one of the body styles, oh, okay. which I think is janky because everybody makes Vs. They make Explorers. They make um, they make all those. Oh. Les Pauls? Fuck. Everybody makes, like, ESP makes, like, Les Paul shape. Uh, you know. Uh, that's what you came from. Yeah. Strat. Well, that's Fender, so they don't have that. But uh, And everybody makes, like, a Strat-style body. Or like the more modern ones, they call them the super strats. But um, yeah, 
So I don't know. It remains to be seen. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I have a feeling, yeah, Wild Audio is going to release a die bag guitar. Well, the one thing that in all these stories I keep seeing Rita's name popping up. Of like, course. He's heavily involved, but I don't hear Benny's old lady. She's more behind the scenes. But she's probably we, behind the scenes. Uh, Rita's always been out and about, and she's always been a part of it. So she's been in the scene for years. Uh, she's the one also putting on like the dime bag event, you know, for dime every year they have. So, yeah, I don't know anything about Vinny's, Vinny's chick. Maybe she just doesn't want to be in the limelight. Drama continues with that. Uh, wait, they have a few shows uh, set, too. And I didn't fucking write it down. But, yeah, it's going to be... They're gonna, they, they got four that I've seen on the, on the list that they got going. Yeah, I think one starts in, I think, in December. And they're, they're on Knotfest, and I think they go to South America. Yeah, one was South America, and then, but then they said they're going to add more. So yeah, of course they're going to add more. If the money comes pouring in, yeah. they'll uh, they'll add it. Eh. So, right. so I had uh, so I talked to you this morning, and you make sure we don't do the same stories. And I'm looking in Foo Fighters concert. It's going on today. So the Taylor Hawkins uh, tribute show. Uh, Wembley Stadium, uh, long list of people that were there. Eddie Van, I mean Eddie Van Halen, uh, Wolfie Van Halen, uh, Liam Gallagher, uh, Brian Johnson and Lars Ulrich, Stuart Copeland, Getty Lee and Alex Lyson from Rush, uh, Brian May and Roger Taylor, and uh, Roger Taylor's son Rufus Taylor was there. He played with the Foo Fighters on one of their songs. Uh, so what they're doing, I guess, is two uh, two main concerts. For Taylor Hawkins and um, you know in his memory, so they did one in 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 the UK and England at Wembley, and then that September twenty seventh they'll be doing one at the Forum in LA, so that's going to be another star studded event with a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just found out about this this morning when I was doing my homework for this. I'm like, oh shit, this is on. Oh, it's already going because you know by the time we got up, I was already missed a few missed up. Uh, uh, Wolfie and I miss Liam and a couple other acts by the time we came in. So, and then they had some crust. Well, you mentioned Rush and uh, yeah, and Queen, they're always in. And then, uh, what's the Paul Art, McCartney they, showed up, yeah, the crust himself, yeah, and uh, Pretenders, yeah, because yeah, yeah, they dragged her out of the fucking car. But that, like, those guys, man, they have like a you know, they're they're that was Taylor Hawkins, he likes that all those old bands so it was like a tribute to him so yeah but they were like playing like the newer shit right and then it's like paul mccarty comes out and they play an old fucking crust song hella old song but i think that's because like, the, them two uh perform that song they've never performed it they said uh, you know well you know what and then um Foo Fighters did a movie, was a documentary. I don't know if it was the uh, Sound City documentary or was another one, but he recorded a song with them where they have footage where they're all recording and, and Paul McCartney was in there with the Foo Fighters recording. They were in there and they were, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, he has history with them. He knows them. Um, they were in England, so why not? Yeah, and who knows why they picked that song? Uh, I mean, he said that they never performed it live, and it, it was a duet with her. So, uh, 
they figured, hey, we've, I guess, play that song. But, you know. And then, yeah, and then Travis, I guess he got out of the coma bed. Yeah. There, he played a couple songs. Because he's like, I want the job, man. I want the job. <laughs> Everybody's fighting the job. But I think uh, Roger Taylor's son's going to get the job. I, I have a feeling. That dude, like his feel and his look, he looks like Taylor Hawkins. I thought he was his son at first. I caught, I missed the intro when they introduced him. Yeah. From playing, I was like, dude, that must be like his son. But no, then they brought his son out for the very Yeah, end. Shane. Yeah. yeah. And his son didn't look like him, but he played, you know. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, that's what I thought, too, because I asked Jeff, who, who did they say was on drums? And then you see the guy playing, and he has, like, the same, like, the way he hits and the way he, like, moves, and then he's blonde-haired. He looks like Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. Like a younger Taylor Hawkins. So it's like, oh, that must be his son. No, it's Roger Taylor's son. So... <laughs> But all of that's on YouTube now, so you can go back and watch it. We went back and watched the Wolfie, uh, his set, and he, dude, he was playing Van Halen songs. He did, uh, he wasn't going to do that. Remember, he said in that one. Well, story. yeah, no, he says he wasn't going to do go around playing Van to be Van Halen. He said, yeah, like if they put together something, a tribute for his dad, and they did a Van Halen show or a couple oh, we, of I know the tribute, he said, yeah. He was do touring with his band. He just because all these old fuddy duddies want him to be Eddie Van Halen. Hey, why don't you play Eddie Van? They want him to be like Jason Bonham. Go out there and play your dad shit. It's like no. Nah. What, what he's gonna end up doing though? I mean, no. Just, how? Because <laughs> everybody wants him to do that, so he's gonna cave. And he's I don't already think starting so. to. Because look, you just said he played some Van Halen. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. That's his dad. But it's not his music. It's like you go play fucking, hey, Joe, play blues. Why don't yeah. we start riding blues? Stop riding metal. Like, <laughs> nah, you can play your dad's music. He played it. He nailed the fucking solo for Hot for Teacher. Was, he, he nailed the guitar parts, too. He was, he was hitting it. Uh, but I think it's just because this was a tribute to Taylor Hawkins, and he probably hung out with Taylor. You know, he probably knew him. And it's like, this is Taylor Hawkins love Van Halen. So this was all about Taylor Hawkins, not about... Hey, I want to play these songs. I don't know. It kind of looked like it was about Dave Grohl because he was in every. I know Dave Grohl night every day. Fuck Dave on bass, Dave on drums. Bass singing. He was on drums. He was on guitar. Yeah. Like with Rush, he played the drums. I was like, oh shit. Uh, and I was like, that's probably like a dream come true for him. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I was, yeah, he was, yeah. Well, I mean, because I'm sure he was in charge of setting it up. No, yeah. You know, but. He's the main reason they're all there doing that anyway. It's Dave Grohl. He's like the token well, I rock always guy. Think that fucked is the bass player for Nirvana. You don't hear about him no more. You would think Dave Grohl would have brought him along. Well, you know what? He's listed on the flyer of, of being there, and he's supposed to be at the L.A. one, too. I, know, I didn't see him today, but then I, I didn't, didn't see, see him either. Maybe he's in the background. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he didn't make it out to to England. Maybe he could have made it out there. We'll, I guess we'll see uh, the 27th. What sucks about the 27th one is that's a Tuesday. So they're going to do a big concert here in our our time zones or relative to it because you're a couple hours or an hour difference. Yeah. But and now it's going to be on a Tuesday. Uh, hello, you fucking you fuck-offs. People have to go to jobs. You know? We have to pay our fucking bills. I don't know if you know this, but there's a recession. People need to work. 
And are they going to do the same fucking numbers, or are they going to have a? Totally I think they have a few different guys. You know, different bands will be there. Some of the same bands will be there, and same guys. But I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything. Party out again? I bet you he'll fucking do the same song. Who? Paul. Oh, Paul. If he comes out, I don't know that he's going to come to L.A. Because he said number the Beatles, so I think they called him number two. Is that what they call him? Oh, yeah, because John would be number one. Yeah. Because I know Ringo was four, number four. Oh, Ringo was last. He came in after they were already established. And yeah. George was like the kid. He was younger than those guys, so. Three. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was cool just to watch. You know it's an event. It's a moment in history. Um, I, what I didn't get is who was that dude singing with Queen that I guess Brian May saw on her, um, was it, oh no, no, Roger Taylor said it was his idea to bring this guy out and he fucking nailed it. Roger Taylor was singing when I, when I caught Queen playing. Yeah. He was singing on that one. Was that the one where, who was, who sat in on drums? Oh, his son. That's the one that Rufus sat in on. They had somebody else on the drums. And I think it was Rufus. He was right in front of them. And that's when I think it, I was thinking that's Taylor Hawkins' son. But no, his son's just a kid. Just, but did they have that, that dude that tours with them when they tour as Queen? So. <laughs> Adam Lambert. And Adam Lambert. Why didn't they just have him out there? That's what I was wondering. I'm like, where the fuck's that guy at? It, was he not? Oh, you're not invited, dude. You're not invited. Just the legends, your fucking afterthought. And then they bring some other dude from YouTube, it looked like, out there, and he fucking nailed that shit. And they had Stuart Copeland was on there. Stuart Copeland, yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm back. I don't need Sting. The police I got the Foo Fighters, man. Let's do this. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, check it out. It's on YouTube, so all of the, all of the performances are there. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was pretty good. It just it went on and on because I was like, oh, oh I know. <laughs> it's like, and actually, when you told when you text me, I turned it on and the uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, Joss Holmes was there at home. I know he's a buddy because didn't Dave Grohl find him or discover him or something? Yeah, and then Dave Grohl played on one or two of their yeah. albums or a few of their albums. He played drums. So yeah. they used to all hang out. Yeah, that guy hangs out with all of them. And Taylor used to party and hang out with everybody. Down there. Lars. Mm hmm Speeding it up. <laughs> and he was with Brian from ACDC. Yeah, Brian Johnson. And uh, and then he was bitching in between the two songs. He was bitching about his drums. <laughs> he had the tech on his knees out there trying to fix his drums. Fix this shit, you fucker. This isn't fucking Metallica. Hey, I'll be back in a few months, okay? Metallica's coming. Hit it those commercial there. Well, he kind of fucking didn't even introduce him. He goes, We got Lars and we got Brian Johnson for fucking ACDC. It's like, okay, that's kind of dick. Uh, Lars is only in the biggest metal band on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but no, what cracks me up is is he had trouble with his drum set and it looked like it was his snare. And it's oh. like, like his signature snare, Lars snare. So is that thing fucked up or what? I guess so. It's like, oh man, I have no idea. That's fucking drum tech, man. Hey, fucking fix this shit. Don't preach to me, fatso. <laughs> got the fucking whip out of <laughs> I swear, I, I, I caught that. He fucking uh, drum tech was on his knees. 
I missed that. I'm going to go back and watch that. There must have been like, you know, when the mechanisms start failing and shit and you got your drum tech there fucking trying to fix it. You're having to play. <laughs> they played black and black or back in black. Yeah. And then got to the next song, but he, wait, wait. Like he was telling the wait to hold up. The, yeah. The drum tech run out there and he gets on his knees and, and then <laughs> Lars hitting the snare drum. Like, getting, like, it sounds the same, dude. That's your signature snare. What the fuck? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah, that was funny. <clears throat> All right, what do you got next? Uh, and then back to the world of Ozzy. Uh, there, there was like a couple short stories about him, uh, so I just kind of put them together. They, they, they got another um, reality show coming out for their move back to England. Yeah, on the roost. Uh, so that's coming out, and I think that's on BBC. It said so, but that'll be out on other networks. They're gonna, you know the shit out of that yeah and then along those lines uh ozzy's gonna be performing at next week's nfl kickoff game on thursday night yeah he'd be back they just left la and he's gonna be back in la performing for at the Rams stadium yeah Irvine, uh, california which is crazy because you don't ever see like metal guys perform at halftime i wonder what the change is there what caught caught my eye on that story because i didn't read the whole thing at first and i just kind of I thought they were, because it said NFL and halftime, I thought they were picking them for this year's Super Bowl. But then when I read the article, I was like, oh, no, it's just the fucking. Yeah, it's, it, nobody's going to see this, actually. It's just going to be uh, there. But so, yeah, it's not the Super Bowl. They're not going to put a metal act on it. Not a Super Bowl. Might, maybe Metallica, maybe. They still haven't. <laughs> but, yeah, they haven't done it yet. They can play for whom the bell tolls at every football game, but, yeah. Well, they play Ozzy, too. At all. They play Ozzy, yeah. But at this point, I don't even know if Ozzy could do a halftime, like a full NFL halftime show, because that's a fast pace. You know, they're moving. Ozzy's, like, crippled now. Like What I heard from that surgery he had, like, he couldn't fucking walk at all. Yeah. And then, so he had that to relieve just the pain. Yeah. So still fucked up. But then in the, in the third story that I'm kind of putting, combining... He, he says that he's he thinks he can do one more tour, but he wants to go out on a full tour. I'm like, there's no way, dude. Unless they got him on some good drugs or something, because when he did that, what was it, the Grammys with Post Malone like a year ago, two years ago? Dude, he had to walk him out there. Like, yeah. he, come on, Grandpa, <laughs> let's go. He walks, he walks like he talks. He's walking like he fucking needs a cane and all that. I mean, he's 70-something years old, isn't he? So it's like... Um, yeah, I mean, dude, just Sharon's like, Ozzy, you got one more tour, you Ozzy, give me the money. You know, the fucking his funeral, she's gonna be broadcasting this. Shit. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be fucking on, on this, all this pay per play services and shit. Yeah, fucking come watch my Ozzy. Yeah, uh, he's gonna be fucking, uh, they're gonna have him with formaldehyde all preserved, send him out on tour. <laughs> you probably do that remember how they got the hologram but nothing really came of it yeah they well they did <laughs> they did um the dio hologram so yeah so they do an aussie hologram oh uh, shit so all right the chronicles of aussie yeah so it continued so i had um this isn't a big one but uh dino Kazar has found his way into the news again I guess uh, 
Furnace Fest is, is the festival that um, he's calling them out for their logo. It's basically two F's back to back, like one facing backward, one facing forward. And he's like, oh, like he says this quote. He goes, everyone in music uh, identifies two F's as Fear Factory. And I'm reading this article and I'm watching the Foo Fighters and I'm like, uh, no, I think everybody says two Fs is Foo Fighters. They're kind of bigger than Fear Factory. I thought they represented dive bars and conquer. Yeah, well, that's what happens. But he, you know what he's doing. Where's my money, bitch? I don't know, because his is like, it's like an X, two Fs crossing and facing back to back. But they're crossing each other. These are just standing up. I, you, do you really get it? I guess if you trademark that, but. I don't know. I think that was his last album had that symbol. But I, I was like, oh, really? Two Fs, right? Everybody knows that? Everybody in music? Oh, there's a lot of famous people in music on the TV right now in Wembley. Or Wembley. Uh, <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. Wembley. Sort your life out, mate. <laughs> Yeah. These go to 11. <laughs> all right. So is that, uh, did we do all four or you got one more? No, we did them. We did them all. Hey, you were going to do that other one you said. Which one? Huh. Tell me yesterday and I forgot. No, I was going to, I, I, yesterday I didn't even have anything. Um, I know you didn't say, you didn't have the Dino one. No, I had to find him this morning when it, when you sent over. Hey, I'm doing these. You fucked me up with the Aussie one because I was going to do Aussie's doing the halftime show. I'm like, oh, you just fucking took one of mine. Damn well, it. I just figured because he's old, I'll do the older ones. That's what I figured. I thought, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Because we were talking this morning. I started looking. I thought you were going to do the old ones like that dude had a heart attack from UFO. Uh, and like, I don't care about UFO. That's crusty. You're the, oh, yeah, do the older ones. Do the heart attack guy from UFO. All right, I'll fucking start doing that. You get crusty. You get this. You could have seventies, eighties. I have nineties and beyond. <laughs> get Dave Grohl. Yeah, I get Dave Grohl. That's my era, man. The fucking Nirvana, smells like Teen Spirit. That hit my senior year. It was my last year of high school. That's that's my era. Gen X. Well, you're Gen X too. You're just at the. You're just. I'm just crust. Yeah. You're just you're, you're kind of at the edge of the fucking boomers, and then the beginning of Gen X. All right, so let's do uh, turn it up. Yeah. It's now time for turn it up. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we start out with questions, right? Question one. See if I fuck this up. I think these are easy, but I didn't try to, like, blow your mind. But who knows if you didn't do your homework. I did a little bit, but, yeah, we'll see. What California city are corn from? Oh, Bakersfield, California. Just like the Carr family. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm a little late on that. We need to get somebody to do sound bites so we can just talk and have people just fucking put stuff in. Uh, okay, number two. What category of music are corn considered? New metal. And actually, they're at the front of new metal, correct? Yeah. They yep. were considered. Yeah, because they, they started in 93. 
But I'm reading like things on them, and it's like, oh, they were oh, uh, like the genres post grunge. It's like, um, wait a minute, they formed right at the height of grunge. Yeah. So they weren't post; they were during. I don't know who what millennial came up with that. All right. That one. And then uh, number three, what was the title of Corn's second album? Oh, Life is Peachy. <laughs> Don't be looking at Wikipedia. I did it. I did it. I I was like, I always forget. You it. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. I figured I thought that one just kind of. Was... Well, that's the one. Like for first one, of course, is Corn. That you should throw that one. It's the dead day for their debut album. Um, Molester. <laughs> Playground. I don't know. Where's my money, bitch? Where's my money, bitch? Where's my money, bitch? You don't get none. Mexican Americans. Go pick some fruit. Fuck. <laughs> I figured I was like, I was gonna do the first. I was like, eh, let's do the second one and mix it up. Yeah. As long as you want, the first three I get after that, well, issues is is that the fourth one? Yeah, I think so. And then after that, I start falling off. I just kind of stopped in the two thousands. Well, that's when they all went into rehab and they were going through all this. Yeah, and well, now they're... Uh, Fieldy's still in rehab. You don't know where the hell that dude is. He's AWOL. <laughs> I've seen that dude at NAM a couple times, like, go in the urinal, go to use it. Oh, there's fucking Fieldy pissing right next to me. <laughs> that dude's little, man. He's like... His hand? I think he's like up to here on me. So, and I'm like 5'11", so I don't know. 5'7", 5'6". I don't know. Yeah, it's trivia. It's like, well, all right. So, um, yeah, corn. What the hell do I have here? Like Joe said, his first question: Bakersfield, California. They got out of there. They went to L.A. Um, oh, I didn't even even put no notes up on them. First album, like we were always, we'd see their flyers around because they were coming up here a lot, and um, we were always making jokes: uh, corn, butt corn. <laughs> But uh, we'd see their flyers at all the clubs. They were playing like the Cactus Club, uh, Berkeley Square, and they'd they'd come up here with Deftones and play Northern California, and uh, so it, they were just ground breaking. They were playing seven strings when nobody was really playing seven strings, and it just dude, it was new. It was something totally new, especially like uh, Jonathan Davis's scat. The Sounds like he's speaking in tongues and shit. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, they, they were dude, just a landmark band. And one time we covered, uh, we used to play with another band and they would cover Deftones. So then we were like, hey, we got to cover, do a cover and, and we got to light them up. So we were like, who does Deftones tour with? Oh, Corn. Let's do Blind. We did fucking Blind at Slim's in San Francisco and just lit the fucking room up. And those guys were like, you guys had to fucking cover Cord? Fuck, they were doing Engine Number 9 by Deftones. And it was like, well, gotta go big. <laughs> yeah. They're a good band, man. Uh, innovative. I don't like the bass tone. Not a fan of it, but hey, whatever. So, well, yeah, but you switched the guitar anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was already... And now you're buying seven strings. Yeah, oh yeah. I came along. They were ahead of their time, see? There were bands playing seven strings in the 90s. I think, like we mentioned, Fear Factor. I think, I don't know if they started playing in the 90s. 
seven strings, but I know Dino plays sevens. Uh, bands like Meshuga, they play sevens. But there wasn't a lot of bands playing them then. So, What's the advantage to the seventh string? It's like a, a five string bass. You get a low B, so you get another low note. But like the way I play, um, I basically, like when I tune standard, I go down one whole step. I tune to D. Actually, if I can get a guitar here, I'll show you. Let me get a six string. So here's a six string. But so the way I would play, it's almost like you have another string here, the B on a seven string. I would bar, like take two notes right here, which is fifth octave, and I'd bar that. And the root, there is no root because there's no string here. But it's like playing the fifth and the root. The octave is the same thing. So a lot of times in my playing, I bar on standard tuning, which is like having uh, an extra string there. So some of uh, some of some of like my old songs and stuff, you can you can, I can play with my seventh string because they they were just you know there was like a ghost string there. And now in my seventh string, when I write, there's other things you can dig down, go lower, um, you get it. You just get a different tone. So a lot of these modern bands, like Gent bands and uh, like Periphery, all these different types of bands, they get just just a different tone. With the six string, you could tune way down, but then your strings get floppier. You have to go to heavier gauges. I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it as much. I don't think it has the same tone. So. But it's all preference. It's there's guys who play six six strings in tune to A or G. So. What I remember hearing is corn would would do the seventh string and then tune to A. Yeah, like I'm tuned. Well, it's a B, so it's tuned to A, and then I drop the A to a G. So my my bottom the bottom B string is a G, and then I'm in standard uh, D tuning. Or sometimes I'll drop that D to a C, so I'm in drop C tuning. And then you get weird, because you could go lower, you, you could do uh, string skipping, and you just got different tones that you can't read. You couldn't get them if you were tuned standard, because your, your stretch would just be way too far apart. It just makes things tighter and closer. It's preference, you know. Like drop tuning, it's also that you can bar, you can play things with one finger. Dun, 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 dun. Um, uh, um, and the strings. I remember when I first got my guitar because you were giving me some strings to try, like brand. Yeah, got the dimes. Those were pretty good. Uh, but then I got the Zacks. What I ended up doing was I took the hybrid Zacks, the low, the three low strings. Yeah, high strings of dimes. I like that, but I don't. It, this is all whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's preference. It's what you feel comfortable doing. And for the longest time, like I tuned down one whole step. I don't tune to E. I haven't tuned to E in a, probably like twenty five years or twenty years. Um, but I I always tune down to D. So it's basically D standard, one whole step, every string down. And then uh, I will do drop C. It took me years to do that. But in the 90s, everybody was doing drop C. I remember uh, backstage at a, at a Torque concert, or were they still violence at that point? Phil asked me to tech for him and tune his guitars, like, if he needs it, check it. Um, and then he that was the first time I, I had heard it tune in to drop C. 
He's like, this is C, this one's oh, is it D, G, G, C. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So they were doing that. A lot of the guys, Machine Head, a lot of these bands were doing it in the 90s. That's when Drop C was big. Yeah. Or Drop D. Which is standard, drop it down to D. Yeah, if you tune standard and you drop that bottom string, that's drop D. But it's all the same. It's all about tone and what you want, so... But um, yeah, they were they were just and they, the way they played the guitars was because they were kind of influenced by rap and stuff. So they would use them like sound effects and not play riffs all the time, which was just different. It was a different thing for Corn. They just rewrote how it was done. But uh, nobody nobody came along. They didn't really like change in the sense that everybody like copied their style. I don't think there's anybody that really copied them. Um, I mean, because like didn't. Uh... Old Chamber kind of sound like them. They were those bands that sound that had that sound kind of. I guess, but that I think, yeah. Uh, I mean, like that, that hella sounds like a corn song. Which one? The loco, Old Chamber. I don't know. Maybe I'm just by because I just I've heard it so long and I just know that I don't I don't hear it. But I mean, I guess that's what makes a genre, right? Because there's bands that tour in that same genre because they all kind of sound similar. It's probably just the tuning, just drop low tuning. Yeah. And then chugging, like that was a thing in the 90s, is like rhythmic. And the drums, simple. Yeah. They start like backing off on the double kicks. You don't do all that, just fucking simple drum beats. And that fucking makes it groove, you know? Everything seems to groove better like that. Well, they said too that one of their influences, porn, was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is funk. They did like, a lot of funk. Yeah. They the rock with the funk and then. I guess that would be the ne- next manifestation is what porn came out with, like, you know, the evolved. Well, that, funk and, and rap, because yeah. they were big time into rap, too. And that's where new metal kind of mixed. And it, they didn't have a DJ so much as you think of new metal bands, and they usually have DJs, but. Uh, uh, what's the, what's the, that one? I forget the name. What? Chester Bennington was his band. Oh, Lincoln Park, yeah. Yeah. Park, they got a DJ. Yeah, they have a DJ. Uh, Slebnot has a DJ. But they these were new metal. Yeah, they were new metal, but they're at the end of it. Like Corn, you know, like I said earlier, they they came up yeah. in '93 when they started. Lincoln Park didn't start to like the 2000s. Um, yeah. But even Slipknot, they were like mid to late 2000 uh, 90s when they started out, and then they broke in like '98. Iowa, that's nothing to do but metal. New metal, apparently. And um, so, yeah, I mean, they're a good band. And they're still around, obviously. So uh, they were they were a big influence. Everybody. Yeah, the won- first band, too, that tried to have a, uh, try to get a, a clothing contract. They tried to get it with Adidas because they were always wearing the jumpsuits. Oh, that's right. They And they changed that because at that time, all like the metal guys were still with the jean jackets and the leather jackets and jeans. And then these guys came out and they're all wearing jumpsuits. Yeah. They look like Russian, the Russian mafia guys always wearing the jumpsuits. They got that from the, the early rappers. The rappers, like uh, uh, LL Cool J and those guys with the Kangles. They, they would wear the. the yeah, because their shit was always like Adidas and um, British Knights. And yeah, it was all that same style. So yeah, they got that same style from those guys. Uh, they took from everything. And then it's like, I remember at the time reading interviews, they would call like Metallica or Megadeth, that kind of metal. They were like, well, 
I don't know if we could ever sound like that. That's like man metal. We're just a bunch of kids. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think we could write risk like that. I think it was just they were intimidated by it at, at the time. But uh, yeah, and it was just different. You, it kind of took away this. You have to wear like the costume. But then the, all that happened was the costume changed. Yeah. Then it became piercings and all this other shit. Baggy clothes. Jumpsuits, red hats, like, because uh, they signed. They're the ones responsible for um, Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst. He used to be their tattoo artist. Yeah. So they they found him, and then they blew him up and the, his band. And then he found Stain. Then he got Stain. He's like, this how it's done. You got to find the next generation, get a piece of that, uh, get a cut of that money. So, but yeah, check them out. I'm sure you have. I'm sure everybody's heard of them. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. He did uh, too. I was going to mention John. Well, that was going to be one of my questions. But I figured you ain't going to get that one. What? Uh, uh, Jonathan, what's his name? He uh, he did the the soundtrack for uh, Queen of the Dam. Oh yeah, no, no, he, he uh, yeah, yeah. They have a song on there. He did the whole soundtrack. Yeah. Well, or put it together because there's a lot of artists on that. Yeah, he did the you know, like he wrote all the music, but. Yeah, he was the main one involved in that, like the music producer. Oh, okay, yeah, like the music director. Yeah. Which I could see, because it was all that style of music. Um, oh, I thought you were going to ask me, what what did he do before Korn? And he was a, a what do you call it, a, a mortician. Yeah. He'd work in the, in the morgue. So that's where a lot of like, his fixation with dead bodies everywhere and all that shit comes from. Well, and then I seen him in an interview, he said, uh, it didn't really have an effect on me. Well, yeah, it kind of did, motherfucker, because <laughs> you're still fucking talking about it. Well, it either did or, or that was just a byproduct of, yeah, probably that didn't have the effect, more so the fucking childhood rape or whatever that he went through. Because at the end of so, uh, the first so, uh, album, the very last song, it breaks down, and then he goes into like this fit like where he's crying. It's I think it's called Daddy is the song. It's like, so the dude, I think, was raped or molested as a child. And he fucking lets it out, and it's like, whoa, this is fucking heavy. So, yeah, I think it's just a byproduct of just fucking molestation. So he was, he's just a messed up, you know, he got messed up. But, um, no way, you know, I heard him in, the, in that one interview, he's talking about being a mortician. Yeah. Or, right, he wasn't the main. But, yeah, he, they do the bodies, and he goes, after a while, you kind of get numb, because it's just the same, like, get dead bodies. You it's know? just, yeah, it's, it's no... Manic. You know, you like phase it out because, but then every so often you get a child, you know, that you have yeah. to do. And then that would kind of set you off like, wow. And you start realizing, oh, this shit's real. Yeah. I think that fucked them up too, though. I mean, it's gotta, I don't, I, you know, it's got, it's somewhere in there. It's, it's gotta affect you because you're seeing death and it's like you think there's this body and it's like that person has a story. That person's lived through shit. What, I wonder, you know, like, how did they get here? What, you know, what, what did they go through? What, and then, and then, like, when you see a child, it's like, dude, you, you didn't even get to live yet. You know, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I watch, I watch stuff on YouTube where they're going into like old morgues and shit, um, and and the fucking bodies are exposed and shit. You're like, dude, fuck, that's that shit's all just falling apart. And uh, it's like, dude, but that those people all have stories. They they lived, you know. Wow, I wonder. I wonder, you know, what each person's story was. 
Who knows, maybe one day they'll be able to download our brains and then all that shit will just be on the internet. More noise. <laughs> uh, more adventures. So, alright. Uh, you got any more? Or that's it for this week? Uh, and this, this was after we were cruising. So we didn't mean... <laughs> you guys are done cruising by this point. This is 90s. <laughs> shit, by the time that album came out, you were gone. You were in New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, you would, you would left the state. Yeah. So, all right, then uh, all the links, like you said, will be down below. And uh, hit the subscribe if you haven't. Yeah. And, and then, uh, oh, I put, uh, I'm doing, because uh, I am keep adding equipment to my home studio here. So I've been putting, uh, I put on Instagram some pictures of some new equipment I got. And then I'm going to be working this week. I'm off on vacation. So I'll be putting together kind of a compilation of my home studio, how it's evolved since, you know, I started setting it up. Yeah. You got a new piece of equipment too, right? Yeah, I got a new. I'll talk more about it in the next one cuz we're going to um also got an unboxing and then I'll I'll show it there and yeah. then talk more about it. And it, as I I just barely started working on it with it this like Friday. So I don't even know how to really use it yet, you know. Got to learn how to program and stuff, so. But yeah, we'll be dropping a lot more material. Like I said, unboxing, you got a bunch of equipment and uh yeah, so See you next time, I guess. All right. Later. All right. Bye.